You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, good morning. What are we talking about this morning? Have you heard the series? Hopefully you've followed us through. So it's been through a, a big series there about the arrows of the enemy and how we're coming up against it all the time. And now we're going into the armour of God and how we wear the armour of God. So hopefully you caught that last week as Thomas dressed up in his policeman's outfit with his cap. It was great. And uh, you might have heard this ten times. I was thinking about how many people have heard about the armour of God in here this morning. But it doesn't matter because scripture's for every day. And we need this every day. So this is not sleeping time. Wake up, let's engage and get quick together. So, we're starting with the helmet of salvation. And if you know this passage, you might be slightly confused by that because it doesn't actually start with the helmet of salvation. Paul doesn't begin with that, but I don't think he minds. And we felt that it's significant because of what it means for us, because of where we're starting, how we're starting. So that's where we've begun with it. And uh, I've brought along my own uh, sermon illustration here this morning. Some of you will probably already know what it is. It's pretty obvious. And some of you probably have, you know, some experience with it, more than others, perhaps, John. So I was impressed with uh, Tom's policeman outfit, but uh, I thought that the cap was like a little bit lacking. So (laughs) I brought along a helmet of salvation. Be interested to see what this does with your microphone. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure if I'm going to wear it all the way through, but you know, let's give it a shot. Can still hear Oh, there we go. <laughs> Fantastic. No, I can't wait this one. This, obviously, is a motorbike camera. And I just want to use this because I think it, in some way, represents what I want to talk about this morning about the helmet of salvation. Because it's protection. Yeah. So there's two points here about the helmet of salvation. Protection and declaration. So let's start with protection. I was going to hopefully ride in on a Harley this morning <laughs> and just roar you all week, but uh, I also wasn't sure that I would get up the steps, so I decided that was probably not, not a good idea. But anyway, I've got my helmet, so that's cool. And all bikers should know that this is your salvation. This is your protection against damage and loss. Mm. Because that's the dictionary definition, of our English dictionary definition of salvation. It's a way of being saved from damage, harm, or loss. And this is a, a biker salvation. I mean, you just know you don't wear it out. You don't go to the shop. You don't go on a long run, short run, it doesn't matter. You wear this. Because it's your protection from extreme consequences that could be just around the corner. So you never leave without this. This is just a given, absolute practical given. How many times has this actually saved my life? Never. It's never saved my life. What's it actually saved me from? Technically, it's never saved my life. It saved me from a lot of rain, I can tell you that much, and a lot of flies coming in my mouth and in my face. And when you're driving at speed and a fly hits this, that is really disgusting. <laughs> and you really, really don't want it in your face. 
fingers around your mouth. So it's definitely saved me from a lot of those, I can tell you. It actually looks very clean at the moment, which is surprising. And I've not had a bite for a while, so that's why. But I've been saved from that. But is that true? Is that true that this has never saved my life? It's not true. It saved my life every time. Because every time I went out, there's the potential for extreme harm and extreme consequences, life-threatening consequences. So I saved my life every time. And it's designed to take blows and to come through so that you can remain standing after. It's designed for that. It's just a piece of plastic, but it's designed to take a blow and that you can remain standing after that. So it's essential. I was going to share some pictures of helmets after accidents, but I thought it was a bit too much. It's actually, it's so severe, some of the scratching and stuff. When you realise that, it helps you to think, actually, I've got to wear this. I've got to put this on. I've got to go out. It's a legal requirement in this country. It's not in all countries. And when you see people out in Italy, sometimes driving around without them, it's really scary. Now, each piece of armour, as, as Tom spoke about, is as important as each other. They're all important. They're not, you know, one over the other. But what I would argue with this is that, as with biking, you know, this protects your mind, your head, your brain. And you need your brain, and you need your mind to use the rest of your body. You could protect all the rest of you and come out of an accident without your mind. It's not going to do you much good. You need your brain, you need your mind. So I'd say that the same as protecting our mind spiritually. That's why the helmet of salvation is so important. So we need to understand that we're in the battle, the series we just came through, that there's potential hazards at every turn. Um, and it's the same because it's actually worse than there being just potential hazards because when we go out there spiritually, and we're out here now, he wants to take us down. It's not like car drivers who might want to take you down. Most of them don't, but you know, you act like they will because that helps to protect you. But we actually need to act like he's always trying to take us down. So we need to protect our minds from the enemy. And this is why we wear the helmet of salvation. This is the reason why it's so important. Salvation is a crown placed on us. And we might know this. We might know, you know, that we're saved. You know, it might be something that we think about happened in the past. But we need to know it every day. We need to wear this every day to protect our mind against the damage that the enemy wants to inflict on us. Or the lies that we might tell ourselves. You know, we've talked about the arrows that he wants to inflict. And sometimes they're small, sometimes they're just little flies, and sometimes he wants to take us out completely. So by wearing salvation, we are encompassing our minds. And the helmet of salvation spiritually is designed to take blows and come through as well. It's exactly the same. We're protecting our minds by dwelling on and by thinking about our salvation and by declaring it every day. And this is the incredible truth. This is what the helmet of salvation is. It's the incredible truth about God's grace to us, that he loved us, that Jesus died for us. And that's something that we live in, that he called us and he saved us. And it's not just something that was done. It's something that's being realized every day. He broke the power of sin and death at the cross, and it's our reality now and our hope for the future. And this is why Paul calls us to wear protection for our minds. It's to maintain this constant wearing of our salvation over us. But scripture's uh, description of salvation isn't just the rescue element, the element that we think of, the sort of rescue from, from pain, that kind of element. 
it's not just that the Psalms have an awful lot of references to salvation. And they're described not just in this rescue scenario, they're described as strength and protection and a fortress. And that's a slightly different take on it. We often, often see as well this horn of salvation described in Scripture. And there's a lot of references that can go into them all. Um, but Psalm 18 too says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So it's a slightly different take. It says in Luke 1, 68-69, Jesus is the horn of salvation. And that title, it applies to God, but it's also applied to Jesus. So both of them are called the horn of salvation. And Jesus' very name means the Lord is my salvation. And that's just fantastic. Yeah. So these horn references, they represent strength, triumph, and power. That's good, isn't it? And it, it's a pointer to the strength of a horn. Where is that located? On the head, everyone knows what a horn is. You know, ram's horn or whatever. It's located on the head. And it's a display of power, strength, and defense. And these are the characteristics of God and of Jesus and of salvation in turn. That's what's being declared. And that brings me into the next point. They all cross over here, protection and declaration. The second point is declaration. We don't just wear this as protection every day. It's declaring something. It's a declaration that we make. And it's a declaration in two ways. So the first one is it's an outward declaration. Whose army are we in? Who are we? That's what this declaration is. Whose are we? And uh, this is not a a very good, you know, this doesn't declare who I belong to. I don't belong to to Calvary. But uh, it is on there. But you could write that on the back of that if you want to call it your salvation. But this is an outward declaration of who we are. And this is kind of relevant as well because as a biker, I'm sort of, on a bike right now, which is a bit sad, but as a biker, you're kind of in this community, and, and John will back me up here again, it's like an unsaid thing where you, as you're going along the road, you, uh, you see another biker coming, and it doesn't matter what kind of bike he has, it can be a really terrible little bike, but he's got his helmet on, he's got his bike, nod. <laughs> it's like unsaid, anywhere in the country you've been, you know, you're going along, there's a biker. And it's like you're all just going, yeah, you're cool too. <laughs> and Europe, they do a little hand wave. You've got to get used to that when you go to Europe. But here, everybody nods. And it's like you're part of this giant club of people who just like motorbikes. That's all you've got in common. You could have nothing in common with those other people. You could get off the bikes and have a chat and what they think about morality, what they're, you know, everything could be completely different, polar opposites. But because you like motorbikes, get respect, nod. And so it's the helmet of salvation for us is declaring who we are. And it's way, way better than being in a bike club. It's way better than just having one thing in common that is a machine. What we've got in common is that Jesus saved us. That we are part of his body. That when we come together like this from any race, any nation, uh, as uh, Jess read out earlier, slave or free, you know, Paul writes about it, we are part of the body. Yeah. That is our commonality. Yeah. It's incredible. It goes much deeper. 
than, than just a nod. And it goes much deeper than just one thing common. When we wear it, we declare that we're part of God's family, that we're redeemed. It's a giant earth-shattering truth that has changed us at our core, that we're cleansed, rescued from sin, redeemed in Christ, bound together, brothers and sisters, and that is better than a club. Yeah, So it's affected us at our very core. It's affected our whole nature and our reality. Jesus has saved us and he is changing us and we belong to him. And when we declare it, we are declaring to one another and to the enemy, I'm wearing the salvation of Christ, of the strength, of the power, and of the rescue. And I'm part of something better than that club. I'm part of the body of Christ. And the second way that we declare it is we declare it over ourselves. We've got an outward declaration and we declare it over ourselves. And this comes under protection too. What we declare over ourselves day to day can have this huge impact on our bodies. We all know that. What we declare over our minds, what we think about, what we dwell on. And it can have devastating effects to our body. Uh, there's just there's so much noise out there just now about what's true and what we should be thinking about. And what people are telling us that we should, you should go this way, you should do this, you should protect yourself in this way. There's just loads of noise. And we're basically, we've been in a different kind of pandemic, but we're in a mental health pandemic as well. And so many things out there are claiming to be the answer and are telling you what you should be doing. But they're not the ultimate answer. And I just want to talk, I don't want to preach against these things because some of them I'm sure are really, really helpful things. I'm sure some of you have had helpful cold nuggets out of them that have helped you along the way. But one of them at the moment that's big is self-help. It's a huge one. Again, I don't want to preach against it, but generally I think it promotes individualism. And I think we can get the the best biblical perspective on it by switching the words around. Help self. Help yourself. And it's not very well disguised. It's whispered at the beginning of the book. And there's two lines in this one phrase. And the first is that we want to help ourselves to whatever we can. That's what the devil says at the beginning. His lie is, help yourself, take what seems good in your own eyes. And the second way it works is that we want to save ourselves. Help yourself, help yourself. We want to save ourselves. We think we can save ourselves. That if we just possess enough knowledge that we could save ourselves, but we just can't. It's a lie. And it's a really good tool he's got in his bag to try and say, you can save yourself. It's all on you. You can do it. But no matter how hard we try, we can't save ourselves. That's a lie of the serpent. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This not of yourselves. This is the gift of God. Jesus is the one whose name means salvation. His mission, his goal, his whole work was salvation and is salvation. Christ died for us. It's his work, it's not ours. And that's the other thing I want to say about applying this is by thinking on and meditating on salvation day to day. Excuse me. We're not actually saving ourselves. It's not that we do that every day. He's already done it. Paul says, 
we can choose to take this up, that we can put it on. That's what he says in verses. We can put on the helmet of salvation. And we can live in the reality of this truth. So we declare it over ourselves. We're not saving ourselves, but we're declaring it over ourselves. It's been done, and we declare it. And we're acknowledging the truth of the reality of what God has already done by his grace and what he is doing in us. By his grace and his love for us. That's why he did it. So the practical element of this is how do we wear this um, this arm of the spiritual arm? It's metaphorical, isn't it? It's not like actually putting this on every day. So how do we do that? And we do this by declaring it, by meditating on it, and by making it something that we remember to do. By declaring our salvation over ourselves when we wake up, and by feeding our minds on the truth. So it might be something that, you know, you can get into good habits. You can get into habits where you get up every day and you've got a thing on the wall that you read over because it reminds you and engages you. But we have to be careful for that as well because it can become religious. And we just read these things and we don't believe them. So we declare it and we need to believe them. Do you believe these things about yourself? Do you believe what God says about you? Do you believe that what he's done for you, about who he is, about his character, about his strength and might, and if we don't believe them, we can pray. Help my unbelief. Yeah. Because I know for myself, it's not every day that I feel like I believe those things as wholeheartedly as I should. We can pray, God, help my unbelief. And it's like a bike helmet. Because you never leave without it. You never get up in the morning and go out without it. You don't even, before you get to bed, we need this. We can think about our salvation as something that happened in the past, that we can dwell on in the past. Or we can think about it as something that we need to think on every day. I am saved, redeemed. Jesus did that for me. And to conquer sin and death fully. But we need to put that on. And if you see somebody going down the road on a bike without their helmet, you're like, you might not say it, idiot. What's he doing? And it's the same, you know, I'm not going to say that about you. Um, we need to think that about ourselves. I'm not going to leave without this. I'm not going to do it every day without reinforcing this in my mind that I am saved, that Christ saved me. Yeah. It should be something that covers us. And that's what Paul is saying. That's why he says, put this on. Put on this armor. We are saved. We are rescued. We are redeemed. We are kept held and secure. It's our hope now. It's our salvation now. It's our hope for the future, for our ultimate salvation. So put on the helmet of salvation and declare that the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We've got to wear this, we've got to declare this salvation over our minds and believe that this is the truth of salvation by the grace of God in the I didn't talk today about how Jesus saves us very much, but if you want to talk more about it, I would love to talk to you about Jesus, why he died for you, and how he loves you. Bless you guys.